You're listening to the HUD Podcast, the official podcast for the Hudsonian newspaper at Hudson Valley Community College, an HVCC podcast for the students, by the students. Your news now. Get ready to enter the HUD. Hi, everybody. What's going on? Welcome back to the HUD, the official podcast for the Hudsonian newspaper at Hudson Valley Community College. I'm Samantha Simmons, broadcast editor for the Hudsonian. This morning, I have with me Marcy Pendergast and Brenda Hazard. Um, They're both directors in the library, but I'll let them explain more on that. So um, Brenda, why don't you go first and explain to us what your role at the library is? Sure. So hi, everybody. I'm Brenda Hazard. I'm the director of Dwight Marvin Library. Those are the traditional library services that are located in the Marvin Library Learning Commons. I've been director since 2007. I love my work and I'm eager to tell you more about our services in the time of COVID um, as we go on with this podcast. Hi, everybody. I'm Marcy Pendergast. I'm the director of the Learning Centers, which is actually housed in the library in the Learning Commons. So um, Brenda and I work really closely together, which is great. Um, And the Learning Centers, we actually have three of them. We have um, the Learning Assistance Center, we have the Computer Learning Center, and we have the Writing and Research Center. So I supervise the writing support piece within the Writing and Research Center. Um, And yes, look forward to giving you more information about that as well. Um, so can students go to the library right now? I know you said like study rooms are closed and it's very just not busy there. Um, yeah. and it looks like you both are working from home. So are there people on campus that are able to help students out? Yeah, there, there are. And actually, um, I both, um, I work a couple of days at home each week and then I work three days per week in the library. Um, The buildings open during the academic semesters, uh, Monday through Friday, eight to five. Students are welcome to come in during those hours. Um, They have to simply um, first go through the college's health check and get their wristband. Um, Then then when they enter the library, one of the things that's different now, and it's been in place since we opened in September, is students have to uh, stop at the main desk um, and they show their wristband and then they register that they're entering the building. And that's our way to cooperate with both contact tracing and also to make sure that we don't exceed capacity, that we're keeping the numbers Um, safe in terms of how many people are in the building. Um, It's a really simple process. It's actually the group study room system that we've converted to just a a building registration. Students can do it all on their phone. Um, We've got a QR code uh, set up and it's been going really well for fall and winter session. That said, uh, I will share with you, attendance is really low. Um, on a busy day in the fall, we might have had 40 people in the building. Um, you know, again, that would have been like the equivalent of being packed. Um, so numbers are really low. There's no problem finding a quiet space, finding study space. Um, we're eager to have students come in. And I um, would just add as well, I also, I'm working from home today, but like Brenda, we um, work both remote and, you know, in the library. So I'm the same. I do three days, you know, working on campus and then work a couple days remote. Um, 
And through the learning centers, there's also in-person support. So we've been able to still provide some in-person support while obviously doing a lot of remote support, um, but students would be able to make an appointment through the LAC for math support, um, for business accounting support. We also have the writing support available and our computer learning center. Um, we have somebody who's there every day to support students with their computer needs if if they need. Um, students can actually access the library and come and use Zoom stations. Brenda mm -hmm. and I have worked with IT um, to set up Zoom stations. We know students have, a some students might have a difficult time with their internet or don't have, you know, the, the computer to be able to do that in their home space. So um, we've been able to provide that to students. Like Brenda said, there hasn't been like a ton of students necessarily utilizing it, but um, it's nice to have that there and available to them if they need to. Students also have been coming onto campus um, with their laptops to be able to zoom into their class. Mm -hmm. And like Brenda said, there's lots of spaces on the first floor for students to be able to find an area to do that. So we have still seen some students, which is nice, obviously not like we normally would, but we're still providing those supports as well. That's right. And, and I just want to add, and Samantha, you may have some questions about this, but you know, one of the most popular services that the library offers is access to reserved textbooks. Um, and so students can come in when the library is open and they can borrow a textbook for use in the library. So that service is not stopped. Um, you do need to come into campus and use that book within the library building, um, but that remains available there's staff at the first floor service desk who can help with our copiers, can help um, pull books from the second floor that students need, and librarians are available um, uh, during all those hours. My first question, something that I used all the time when we had a regular semester, are study rooms available for students right now? Unfortunately, Samantha, they're not. Um, it's just too much of a challenge to, um, to, to uh, be able to keep them clean and to feel confident that um, between users that the study rooms can be sufficiently sanitized and so on. So the study rooms have been off limits. Well, the building closed in March um, and the study rooms have not yet reopened. Um, fortunately, there's many, many study spaces that are available on the first floor and the lower level. Um, so the need for study spaces, you know, groups coming in, um, that's pretty minimal these days. And we're looking forward to reopening the group study rooms um, hopefully in summer or fall when the COVID restrictions are lifted. Both Marcy and I um, have arranged for our services to be available Monday through Thursday till 8 p.m. via Zoom too. So, um, you know, our, our service and on Saturdays. Mm -hmm. So our service hours are pretty much the same in terms of students connecting with, um, with our respective staffs and faculty to help out they just may be uh, online rather than in person some of the time when they used to all be in the building. So it's only, um, is it the entrance where you come into the library? Is that the only floor that's open right now? No, the, the first, that's the, we call that the first floor and okay. that floor is open as well as the lower level where okay. nearly all of uh, the learning centers area, you know, uh, that's all open also. And so you said that you know, on a good day, you had 40 students in. Was that total or just at a time? 
Well, right now we're set to have, um, I think at Marcy, I think we've got it set to 30 per floor. Mm -hmm. So um, that's our maximum. Uh, I don't, I think we achieved our maximum the first day of fall for about a half an hour. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and then as since then, you know, there's never been more than 60 students in the building. I mean, frankly, I haven't seen 60 students in the building since, uh, well, since the day one of classes. And I think it's rare that we have even 20 students in the building. Um, you know, that's just what we're, what we're facing. We have way more than 20 students a day using our services because they're just engaging with us uh, remotely. Um, so that's, you know, you, it's sometimes difficult to um, tell how busy we are because we're engaging via Zoom and, and email and so on. Um, but yeah, we're about 60 people, 60 students max per day. And I would just like to add too, so with the computer, the computer learning center um, where we have, you know, typically over 100 computers there available for students to use, obviously due to COVID with social distancing, you know, we've had to implement those social distancing measures. So there's still computers available for students to mm -hmm. come in just to do general work down there on the lower level as well. It's just a little bit spaced differently, obviously, than and the typical number that what would be offered. Um, we do have students wipe down their station before they use it, wipe down their station when they leave. Um, and we have, you know, wipes all around the space for them to be able to do that. Like students can still come in and print, you know, from our area as well. Um, so those services are still all available to students. Obviously, you know, as Brenda had said, we haven't seen the numbers like we typically would, would in a given semester, but, um, you know, we have implemented all of those safety measures for students to make in-person appointments um, through, you know, for math support or writing support or business accounting. On our website, it has, you know, the information of who to contact to do that. And we have to keep in mind those social distancing measures as well. So we can only have a certain amount of people within the, the LAC area. Um, so when we talk to students about that, what, if there's ever, you know, an issue, there hasn't been, as Brenda said, with the capacity, we've been able to, to help and support the students who have needed it. Um, but if there ever were, we would just say to the student, okay, we're booked this hour. Can you come, can we make the appointment for the following hour? And we would still be able to accommodate that student. But um, we've definitely had, obviously, take all those measures into consideration, you know, to provide the in-person support. So with, um like the math learning center and the writing center, um, are those, is it, have you noticed if it's difficult for students to like not get help, but for it to be like the same? Cause I know last year, if I'd go get help, they were sitting right next to me, reading over my shoulder. How is like, how is that different when you're in person doing that now? So it's, it's, you know, I think everybody's been great on, you know, adapting to this new normal, right? You know, it's definitely been challenging. It's been challenging, not just for students, but also for all of us, you know, <laughs> we're yeah. used to providing the support, all mm -hmm. of our wonderful faculty, you know, and staff. And so it's, we've kind of have it down now, you know, especially with math, it's interesting, because you're right, you know, people are right there sitting next to you going over that problem. Mm -hmm. um, but we have space tables, we have space chairs, 
they use the whiteboard, you know, the instructors use the whiteboard a lot more with instruction. We do have portable plexiglass barriers too that our faculty can use when working with the student. So they're still next to them if they need to be. Mm -hmm. um, but they, you know, wear their masks, they keep their distance. And at first I would say, I'm not gonna lie, the first couple of weeks were definitely challenging for all. Um, but now we kind of have it down um, and we're, you know, everybody's doing a really great job. Writing's a little bit different because a student can have their laptop up um, and they can be on computers a little bit spaced apart. So they, they're still able to do that. They're still able to use a computer if they need to bring up the paper that they're working on. And again, just making sure that keeping the distance, um, but we also have those, you know, portable plexiglass barriers that, that they have been using and that's been helpful too. Um, students, you know, I think even like anything else, even providing, you know, instruction, academic support via Zoom for math has been a challenge at first, you know, and now our instructors really kind of have their systems down, but all of that for students and for all of us who work within those areas, it's been a challenge, but um, now students, you know, they still can have the in-person if they choose to, but, you know, remote has been pretty busy. So um, they're finding that support either way, whichever works better for them. So it's definitely been a challenge, but we've worked through it and I feel like we've got our systems down. But yeah, it's definitely different because if when you were in that space, I'm sure there were probably like 30 students yeah. there getting mm -hmm. home for math. Yeah, we're now so, allowed six at a time for math support because um, they're all spaced throughout that all, the whole area. And I'll, I'll just share um, what the librarians are experiencing. Um, well, fortunately, we had a system in place. We had a, um, a platform in place before COVID um, to offer remote um, and online research help. And so what we did is um, we expanded it to include Zoom integration and screen sharing uses our Ask a Librarian service and they start up a chat to say something like, I'm trying to find articles on capital punishment and teenagers. Mm -hmm. um, so now the librarian can say, do you want to share a screen? And, um, you know, we're not necessarily, you know, looking at the student in their pajamas in their bedroom, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but we're just sharing screens and the librarian can say, here, let's go to our database list here, let's use this database, let's try these key terms, or show me what you've tried, show me what uh, you've been doing, and the student and the librarian can go back and forth with screen sharing, and that seems to be working really well. Um, you know, so we're, we're making use of the tools that we had, we're trying to expand them so that there can be, you know, as much face-to-face -face as students and librarians um, need and want, and um, it's going okay. I mean, I'll be honest with you, Samantha, you know, we're not getting the same numbers of students using our services as we did before COVID. Mm -hmm. And one of my concerns is, are students who need us finding us, are they reaching out or are they just saying, I'm not gonna bother, I'm gonna just do the best I can which might not be as good as if they'd come and, and um, gotten some help, whether right. it's from Marcy's area or my area. And that concerns me. Um, and, and I'm looking forward to seeing students face-to-face -face again in the future, because we know some students prefer that. Mm -hmm. And we're doing what we can to make the technology-based interactions as 
friendly as possible. Yeah, I agree. And I would, you know, one thing that had come up in um, something a student had said to one of our math faculty was that they didn't realize that we were still providing supports. And this happened at the end of the fall semester, mm-hmm. which is really, you know, it was shocking. You know, we tried to get the word out there to students, you know, in both Brenda's area, my area, we try to get it out there as best we can to get the word that all of the services that we have, whether it be in-person or remote, and for this student to not know that math support was there all semester long until the very end, obviously was very concerning for us. And so if this can help, you know, get the word out there to our students, I think it's just wonderful what you guys are doing. Um, I think more than ever, students need support in this new chaotic learning environment at times. And so, um, you know, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us too about it, but that was a big concern. So I totally get what Brenda's saying. It's a, it's a real concern for us that there's students out there who don't know about us or don't know how to access our support still. Um, on the library side of things, um, Mm -hmm. I know that there's like a lot of books available online because it has more become available online. Yeah. You know, we, we've been expanding our ebook subscriptions, you know, believe it or not, we have about 250,000 ebook titles. Now our, our print titles are only about a quarter of, of what we, what we own. Um, they're all available through the uh, OneSearch system. They can be searched by title, by subject area. And um, so, yeah, we, we're doing everything we can to expand online access to the extent that our budgets allow. Mm-hmm. Um, we made some changes uh, early in the summer um, where we were anticipating assignments that come up on an annual basis, in particular in the fall where students were uh, from health sciences and some of the sciences were coming in to use our print reference services for specific assignments. So we were able to get some of those reference materials and digital you know, online platforms. They're really expensive. I'll give you an example. Um, there's a reference work called the Merck Index. This is used by students, like I said, in health sciences and in chemistry. And we have that reference book in print on the second floor, right at the reference desk. It's used very heavily for some assignments and the reference work itself probably costs about, oh, about $150. Um, We switched it to an online subscription, which costs $2,000. So, you know, that's that's almost um, $1,800 more than we normally spend for that particular resource. And that's $1,800 we don't have to spend on other things, but it's a way to support those assignments. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we're doing everything we can to expand online access, but there's a reality in terms of what these things cost and why we can't do more because we just can't afford it. Mm -hmm. Do either of you teach um, the library research course? I used to, but it, it's taught by a number of the librarians um, as adjuncts to the English department, the English 115 Library Skills for Research. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, how is that going, you know, not being in the library and not being able, because I know I took it in high school, so I didn't get to like do it on campus, but um, 
a number of my classes had us take like one of our class times and go to the library and like sit in for a class and do that. So they would well, go I, around. I'm really glad you asked Samantha because um, what we've done, uh, what librarians have done and some of the library support staff is we have video based tours now. Um, so you can go to the library's website and go to the library instruction videos and there's orientations to the library. We've actually had those in place for a number of years because so many of the sections of English 115 were online and some of those students never came to our physical building. Um, so we have orientations to our physical building, but frankly, right now, um, it's really more important that students know how to get around our website, right? right. So yeah. they can access our services online. So we have some videos on how to use OneSearch, how to get around the website, how to find the databases. Um, so those videos are available for students in English 115 and any, anybody who wants to uh, make use of those. And the same for College Forum. That's, um, you know, the, the library offers about um, 60 uh, presentations to College Forum sections every year. Um, and if you ever took uh, College Forum, Samantha, um, you may have had a tour of the building. And that's one of our really important services. We reach thousands of students in College Forum every year. Um, it includes an introduction to our physical resources, to services both that the library and the learning centers offer. And so now we've switched that to fully online. Um, so that's continuing. Um, so faculty who teach College Forum can continue to introduce their students to our building's resources. And we've just, um, you know, had to make the switch to doing that all through, um, you know, through our uh, online, through our, you know, using online tools. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that there's ways around it to be able to still have it. Cause like, I think, it, I think it was an important class. I learned like quite a bit. I didn't know like how to use like OneSearch or anything before. Of course. Yeah. And my high school didn't really have any of that. Sure. Have the yeah. money to do that. So, um, it was nice to be able to be in those classes and be able to do that. And I know um, I had a sports psychology class last uh -huh. spring. And yep. before we came home um, and did classes online, we went to the library and that was one of our classes. He was like, I know this class is important, but it's more yeah. important that you know how to do these things because, you know, maybe you're just taking this class for fun. Um, but you need to use the library for the rest of your life. Not everything's going to be on right. Google. So, um, right. Those right. classes, I think, were important, and I'm glad that kids can still get that resource. Yeah, sure. So, so librarians are both doing. Um, you know, we're not uh, going to classes in BTC or Bran or anything like that anymore. But librarians offer library instruction, both live and Zoom classes. You know, they're invited uh, presenters, right? Invited uh, faculty, or they do recordings um, at the request of. For example, Professor Molson, maybe he taught yes. your sports psychology class. <laughs> yeah, he did. Um, so that's how librarians are doing things. And I just wanted to emphasize, you may have noted um, that both Marcy and I refer to our, our respective staff as faculty. Mm -hmm. 
So librarians and uh, Marcy's uh, gang, the uh, education specialists who are who provide uh, math support and who provide support in the CLC, they're faculty members. Um, and I think the fact that our faculty members have committed themselves to learning new tools, mm-hmm. so um, tools like Zoom, um, becoming expert and really comfortable in leading Zoom sessions, um, and using TechSmith Relay, which is the system that the college has licensed for um, doing uh, creating recordings, um, becoming more expert in Blackboard. So if they're integrated in a Blackboard course, they're really comfortable with that. It says a lot about our respective faculties that and some of our support staff who've been very eager to transfer our services to a virtual format, you know, the idea of just saying, no, we can't do that. That's really not acceptable. You know, we have to continue to offer these services, but it's requiring that we be innovative and figure out how to do that. And it's a really a great credit to our respective faculty and staff that I think we've hardly missed a beat. Yeah. You know, we, we've been able to make this transition and it's part of our commitment to providing service to students and our commitment to their success, um, that we've we figured out ways to continue to provide service and support in the midst of this real mm-hmm. challenge. That was very well said, Brenda, thank you. It's so true, it really, really is. It's been amazing to see it all yeah. happening, to be quite honest. <laughs> So to wrap things up, uh, I just have one final question. So now that we have all these new procedures and protocols and ways to do things, um, specifically for like Zoom and online meetings, do you think that that's something the library um, will keep up doing after we're all on campus? I think we will. It's funny that it's a great uh, final question. And I wanted to share yesterday, I actually had a staff meeting via Zoom Um, And we were talking about that very thing. We were talking about, let's start to identify the services that we're offering in COVID that are successful, that are really student-centered, that we're we're not just going to shut down when we return to normal operations. I think an example is the kind of research support that we're offering with um, online uh, Zoom and screen sharing. This is um, going to serve our distance learning students into the future. Um, We've expanded our services for things like um, uh, picking up, you know, pulling books for students so they can just swing by the front desk and pick them up or our expanded eBooks and online resources. I don't see those as going back. Um, we're eager to get students back in for group using group study rooms. You know, that's certainly something we're going to return to. But I think some of our other services, they're here to stay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. As far as the learning centers go, um, we've already been talking about that as well. You know, we before COVID happened, we had an online tutoring Um, service that we do still use, but it was only in the evenings from seven at night until midnight, which we still do to be able to expand our hours. But um, I think we're still going to be able to continue with the Zoom even during the day hours in some fashion to be able to provide that support to those students who don't come to campus. Um, So yeah, I think there's a lot of great pieces that I think we've learned could still be implemented during a normal academic year 
whatever normal means at some point, <laughs> but mm -hmm. um, absolutely. And I, I just want students to really know that we're here. We're still here in the midst of all COVID and, and we want students to definitely be utilizing us and ask for help, you know, if they need it, so. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. Um, I really appreciate having you on this morning. Um, yeah. Thank Good you. Thanks the for the opportunity. Yeah. yeah. We, look, we look forward to seeing students back in our building. It's so lonely. And um, I, I miss the old days and I'm looking forward to uh, um, a bustling uh, library building again. Absolutely. With, with print copies of the Hudsonian available. <laughs> <laughs> to read more about the following stories, make sure to head over to thehudsonian.org for the latest on-campus news from the Hudsonian, and make sure to listen to new episodes of The HUD every Monday.